Chapter 4. Art Gallery. I needed to look up General Gao on Wikipedia when I got back to the gallery. Who was that guy? I've been asking the same question to myself every time I went to our Chinese takeout joint, the Golden Dragon. Dumped my styrofoam plate into the trash and stepped out onto the sidewalk of our strip mall. God, I feel bloated. But the sun felt nice. I took the plastic off my fortune cookie, cracked it open, and read. Two days from now, tomorrow will be yesterday. Well, that's deep, I thought. I pocketed the little strip of paper, then walked past an empty radio shack and a nail salon. I got to the gallery just as a pair of customers were leaving. Jerry closed the register. The Andersons want to know if their frames will be ready by five. Yep, no problem. Man, what a mess. The only thing left on the walls were the hooks and nails that had held up the artwork. It was like a Black Friday sale went off in here. The carpet was soaked under the spot where Brent had been standing. I could still see little bits of his charred artwork on the floor. I picked up the nozzle of the wet vac we rented and looked for a place to plug it in. Jerry adjusted a floor fan with his foot as he saw me getting ready to turn on the wet vac. Hey, you know what the difference is between a Harley and a Hoover? Nope. The position of the dirt bag. I couldn't deal with him. I had too much shit to do besides listen to his jokes. I hit the start button on the wet vac. It was loud as an aircraft engine. Jerry yelled, Hey, I'm going to go back and cut some more moldings. I gave him a nod and he went off to the back room while I continued vacuuming up the water. I started forming stripes of dried carpet with a nozzle. The thing was powerful. You had to really tug at that sucker to get it to move. I did this for a while when I spotted a customer coming inside. I killed the wet vac, put down the nozzle, and wiped sweat off my forehead with my sleeve. I said, welcome to the gallery. The guy looked to be middle-aged and was wearing the standard golf uniform, Izod shirt and khakis. He had a perfectly trimmed haircut and manicured nails. I guessed that he had some sort of money, so I made an effort to give a shit. Hello. I saw the banner in the building. Are you having an art show? Well, we were. We kind of had a fire sale. He glanced around the gallery and noticed it was mostly devoid of art, unless you wanted to call a series of hooks and nails art. He saw the slightly charred spot on the ceiling and pointed. What happened? One of the artists had a meltdown during the show and cleared this place out. You're now looking at the aftermath of that event. He laughed and said, Sounds like it was an exciting show. I wish I could have seen it. I just took a deep breath. I've been doing too many boring exhibits. Some excitement is always good. He noticed my painting on an easel by the front door and walked over to it. Whose is this? That's mine. It's called Mahler on the Danube. He studied it for a beat. You're into post-impressionism? I like to call it my musical style. What do you think of Fauvism? Henry Matisse. Huh? Oh yeah, that's right up my alley. He looked closer. You work in acrylics? Yeah. Heavy body? Yep, from the tube. So you're a painter? He laughed. It used to be, before the company took over my life. What did you paint? I dabbled in expressionism, but I wasn't very good at it. He took a step back and studied my painting some more. How many have you sold? Eh, a few. My problem is my marketing. We both examined my painting for a moment in silence. Then I pulled out my favorite line. I said, there's no genius, only marketing. What do you mean? Look, Van Gogh never sold a painting in his life, right? That's correct. If genius were obvious, people back then should have spotted it. People should have been pulling his paintings off the wall and throwing him money because he was a genius. His paintings are the same today as they were back then. The only thing that's changed is the marketing, his story. 
He let out a big laugh. Okay, you sold me. I'll take it. Holy crap. I wanted $1,500 for this one, and he was going for it. We shook hands. My name's Gary. Marketing, huh? I was still stunned from the sale and blurted out, yeah. So uh, what else do you have? Uh, I got another one in the back that's not ready. It needs a frame. Let's see it. I practically skipped to the back room like a school kid. Jerry was cutting some moldings on the table saw. I called out to him. I just made a sale. Jerry looked up from what he was doing. What, a bag of hangers? No, my painting. The guy wants this other one too. I grabbed my other painting that was leaning against the dry press. Jerry followed me out to the front. I showed Gary my latest work. I call this one Lunch with Schopenhauer, I said. I'm asking $1,500, but I could lower the price because it doesn't have a frame. He glanced at it. Put a frame on it. I'll take both of them. I just made $3,000. I had to restrain myself from doing a pirouette, I said. Did you want to wait while I put a frame on it? No, I got to get back to the office. Can you deliver it? Sure. Gary pulled out his wallet and handed Jerry his American Express Centurion card. He asked me, Listen, I like what I'm seeing. How would you like to do more paintings for me? Sure. Gary handed me his business card. Speak to Veronica and set up a time we can meet in my office. I'd like to offer you a contract. A contract? How would you like to paint under commission for me? Commission? Sure. We'll talk about the terms when you get there. Jerry handed his card back to him and gave me a smile. I had entered into complete kiss-ass mode. I had never sucked up to anyone this hard, ever. I picked up his framed painting, and Jerry and I followed Gary out to his car, the red Ferrari. It was amazing. I had never seen one this close. Jerry asked, Is this the FF model with the V12? Gary pulled out his key, hit the door lock button, and said, 16 miles per gallon on the highway. Looking at the car, I thought, Boy, life is tough in the fast lane. I'm sure his shell card is all maxed out. He hit another button and the trunk popped open. I slid the painting in and pushed the trunk down. It sounded like a refrigerator closing. The sound of pure engineering. How come my car didn't sound like that? Gary opened his door. So listen, it was great meeting you guys. I'm looking forward to see what you create for me in the future. With that, he got into his car and drove away. Jerry and I just stood there while we watched his machine glide away and disappear behind a distant curve in the road. How was all this happening, I thought. Jerry grabbed my arm. Do you know who that is? Who? Gary fucking Easton. I looked down at the business card I've been holding the whole time. Gary Easton, CEO and CTO, the DLC Corporation. Jerry and I went back to the gallery. The guy is freaking loaded. He owns DLC. The DLC Corporation had their corporate offices out by Route 495. I'd seen the logo in all their buildings. I've been driving past them my entire life. It seems like they had a building in every industrial park around here. We went back to the counter. I'm telling you, the guy owns an island. You gotta see this. Jerry went over to his computer and did a search on Wikipedia. He entered Gary Eastman's name and smacked the return key. The wiki entry appeared. Gareth Gary Easton, born August 17, 1955, is an American entrepreneur, businessman, and philanthropist. He serves as executive chairman and chief technology officer of DLC Corporation. He is listed by Forbes as the 14th wealthiest man in America. Jerry scrolled down the page. In 2012, Gary purchased the Caribbean island of Zusha, 51 square miles, formerly part of the British Overseas Territory, for $200 million. 
Dude, and he wants you to paint just for him? I guess so. How awesome is that? I looked down and ran my finger along the edge of Gary's business card. I couldn't believe my life had changed in just ten minutes. I replied in a Boston accent, Yeah, it's wicked awesome. 